0: hey hey welcome in the pro football Ireland. it is wild card weekend now should i just start again and say it's super wild card weekend that means that for some reason it's super there's football on a saturday a sunday a monday michael mcquaid delighted to be joined by mark hogan and Michaela Fagan, first off, you know, Mark, welcome in. Super, super wild card weekend. It's not really that super when there's only thirteen games left this season. Mate. We've got a whole all Ireland to go. The Rosa Tralee, the Eurovision. Everything's gonna happen before an upper season.
1: We have a long off season ahead of us. We've got to enjoy this weekend, man. Yeah we enjoy the weekend but yeah it's so funny right when you, you finish it or you knock out half the teams in the league and everyone is already on to the next one it's like does anyone else i know i feel this if your team doesn't make a serious push i don't know if i respect the Super Bowl as much i think that's just the fan of me, do you know what i'm saying it's like you're like no no, no the season was trash anyway let's move on to the next one i can't wait to find somebody in
0: Arizona in a few weeks time and tell them that in person Michaela. <laughs> um <laughs> How's it for, Michaela? I mean, it's been, uh, w- we desperately missed you on Tuesday and I'm sure you were itching to talk about Black Monday, but then again, you missed absolutely frig all because nothing happened. So welcome in, super wild card weekend. I'm presuming you're pumped and ready for uh, a massive slog over the next three nights because Saturday night, Sunday night and Monday night.
2: It's really sad that the NFL is ending soon. Like it's like when you said all those, the Rose of the I don't think you said the Eurovision, when I'm going to throw in the Eurovision as well. They all have to happen before the next season. Oh my God. And I can't even say, yeah, I'll watch the Premier League because the Premier League drives me absolutely insane. So the only sport I'll be able to watch after the NFL is the Champions League. It's just actually so depressing. And I'm determined now to make sure I can watch every game that's remaining this season.
0: As a gam man from Throne, I can just watch so Money All-Ireland, but that, that's a discussion for an off-season podcast. Uh, let's jump right into this and let's just uh, have the crack as we look ahead at some of the games. And look, I- I'm just going to put it out there now, Mark. We're going to go, this is going to be a bit of a different podcast. We we have tried to switch it up and go through different topics, but when you've got six games, we usually go through six topics. So let's try and pick out something from each game that interests us and, and we can talk about. And at the end of this podcast, we'll get our picks for each game and just chatting, having a bit of crack. I don't like this slate of games, Mark. I just yeah. don't see how, <laughs> like how, outside of the Giants-Vikings game, and outside of the Monday night game, how can any fan who watches the league weekly get so invested in this weekend? Because surely this first game—the first game that we're going to talk about between the Niners and the Seahawks—is just a complete walkover. Like there's surely there's no chance in hell that Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks come in to Santa Clara on Saturday night and win this game. I just when you've got McCaffrey, when you've got Brock Purdy, when you've got George Kittle, when you've got Brandon Ayuk, when you've got Bosa, when you've got this defense, when you've got Ray Ray, Ray McLeod as well, um, it's not going to happen, is it?
1: Yeah, I hope we're not angling to get a job for the NFL marketing department because look, they're after giving us a, an NFL wall card weekend and we're completely looking through it. But look, three of the games are about 10 point spreads, which is unheard of. Uh, the other three are close, but I'll tell you one thing that's going to be a bit of a theme of this show. I don't know if this has happened before or how often it does happen. I'm sure it's happened before, but every single one of the games we're going to discuss has happened at least once already this season, if not twice in some cases, because there is, what, three division versus division games, which is absolutely insane. So the way that it's set up that it's either an absolute blowout of a game or something that we've seen extremely recently, absolutely impacts i suppose the excitement levels look it's all about next or the weekend after that we're, we've are we been saying that for weeks which is a shame because you're talking about the lack of teams that we have remaining and we're already disregarding this weekend i hope there's a shock in there but you're dead right the vikings giants game is the exciting one and the chargers versus the jags both of those games are two and a half point spreads Um, i don't know am i supposed to uh, launch into the 49ers one because like
0: Go for it. Man. Go for I,
1: it. I, I know you mentioned it there, and look, you know, we we kind of you and I on the show on Tuesday did a bit of a preview if we were to rank the games, and this is the first one up, and I think it is one that they want to get out of the way, for lack of a better word, the Seahawks. I mean, you could say if they played them at a different time in the season might have fared better against the 49ers, but they did play at the beginning of the season. It was early in the season. They lost 27 to three. And then in week 16, they lost 21 to 13. And it's, well, what's changed? Well, it's only gotten better for the 49ers. The Seahawks haven't faced the 49ers with both Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey on the field and in their individual performances when they did play earlier on on the year they both had outstanding games Uh, Dio Samuel was just short of a 100 yard game McCaffrey had 138 yards and a touchdown Seattle's defense is allowing the 7 most yards in the league so it's like with the way this San Francisco 49ers offense is operating I just you know like no wonder it's 10 points you know I'll circle back and let Michaela in here obviously but um I just don't give them much faith, you know. It's it doesn't set up too kindly, you know.
0: Michaela, it's it's a really interesting one because the, the only time and like if you talk to anybody on the West Coast of the states, if you're a Niners fan, if you're a Seahawks fan, it's a massive game. And the Seahawks have only been recently in that division since like what '02 or something. So it's still quite a new rivalry in that sense, even though it's always a rivalry due to the location of the teams. They've only met once in the playoffs. And that one time in the playoffs was that legendary moment with Richard Sherman. I will never forget, I was in, I don't know if I should say this in this podcast, I was in a a flat in in Southern Madrid at half five in the morning after a night out, and we were all watching it on somebody's phone, and Richard Sherman done the infamous rant. Obviously, Richard Sherman went on to win a Super Bowl with the Seahawks, Richard Sherman then think he'd won a Super Bowl at that point, don't get me wrong, 2014. And then Richard Sherman, or that was the year, and then Richard Sherman um, then goes on to play for the Niners. This is a rivalry that, I guess, on paper, Michaela, everybody in this league this week starts at 0-0, starts at 0. The season starts again. The Seahawks will go into this game on on Saturday night thinking, we've got a chance. But when Pete Carroll says something along the lines of, well, the problem for us is we're playing the 49ers. Surely as a Seahawks fan, you have to start worrying there because I personally just do not see how Geno Smith is going to go into Santa Clara and turn it on. Please env- envisage me and make me believe in the Seahawks because they've been pretty much dirt since Munich.
2: The Seahawks have definitely, I think they surprised everybody the, the way they started off so red hot this season. They, You think about it, the only stars I can name off that team is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I love Metcalf, but I think we all assumed that they didn't have a quarterback. And in fairness to Geno Smith, he's he's blown his, the expectation out of the water. Like we had no expectations for that guy and he's fourth in the league with touchdowns. He's 30 touchdowns on the year. Like that's pretty good for a guy that we all assumed was just gonna be, you know, kind of like a placeholder for this year. So the fact that the Seahawks are in the playoffs and the Broncos aren't considering you know the Broncos and Russell Wilson they probably have more star power on that team it's it's just really interesting I definitely think the Seahawks have really, really really struggled towards the end of the season and they kind of they played the way how the way we all expected them to play but you know I I love Pete Carroll and I I don't take you have to remember these guys are like, they're media trained, you know, it's it's all kind of mind games between head coaches and kind of, and any sports coach. So for him to say, oh, you know, it's, it's a problem, we're playing the 49ers, maybe he wants the 49ers to disrespect them. Maybe he wants the 49ers to go into this game. Oh, look, their head coach doesn't even believe that they can beat us like why are we we're not even gonna put our foot in the gas the whole way that's what Pete Carroll probably wants he wants them to be underestimated so they can just turn around and just you you know win the game like it's surprising everyone um I I do I do I it would be great if the Seahawks went through it it, it'd be you know like it'd be a big shock to be honest and to make the playoffs interesting but I don't see how they're going to beat this 49ers team who has the best defense in the league arguably you know they got all the, the I'm always going on about how teams need to have complete a complete unit to compete for this Super Bowl and the 49ers are one of them teams I know you can argue and say they don't have a quarterback they don't have the most important position in the league or in sports and I'm kind of like yeah but they got a guy who I think, like Gino, has blown everyone's expectations away. We didn't expect Mr. Irrelevant to be coming Purdy in. Mania. Purdy mania. And I genuinely think, like, looking at his stats, 13 touchdowns, only four interceptions, that's really, really good for, uh, like, a rookie who's been thrown into this situation, especially the four interceptions. Um, like I was expecting him to play like Skyler Thompson, that who's playing at the Miami Dolphins now because of the quarterback injuries. That's how everyone I think expected Purdy to play, but he's not. And I think he's going to be a breakout star. And this game is not only important to go further into the playoffs, it's also important for Gino and Brock because they're fighting for their careers at these teams, you know. And Gino might be fighting, you know, if, if the Seahawks don't keep him, he's fighting for, you know, to prove that he could be a starter somewhere else. But, you know, the 49ers are just, they're just too potent on both sides of the ball like they have McCaffrey they got Debo and then the other side of the ball they got Nick Boza who's the sack leader you know this the 49ers they might put up a good fight but ultimately it's going to be the other Seahawks might put up a good fight but ultimately it's going to be the 49ers that win the game
1: Do you know what? It's interesting because I think you're dead right in the whole disrespecting, you know, or, you know, hoping that the 49ers lean into, oh yeah, this is going to be an easy game. And, you know, Pete Carroll knows exactly what he's doing. At the end of the day, what can make this interesting is that we have two masterminds at head coach. But if the 49ers are going to lose, the Seahawks are going to win. You mentioned like the, the stars are obviously... Um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett so we, we actually need to see the underbelly of the Seahawks if they're going to win this because when you think of uh, what over half the targets are, at, are around that number, about 50% of um all the receptions this year by the Seahawks have been Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf but when you look at what the 49ers defense can do, Traverius Ward is going to take DK Metcalf and or Lenore, I cannot say his first name, is Likely going to take Tyler Locker. Now, Tyler Locker did show a bit of success um, in the series this year, but that was obviously when Emmanuel Mosley before he got injured. So um, we'll see what Lenore does. So it's like you, you are going to have to go to the underbelly of the attack. And we know how good and loaded the 49ers defense is. So I suppose like whichever way he slices up, the 49ers offense or the Seahawks offense, I just think that's going to be a stalemate either time because the 49ers win out. The game of
0: the weekend for me is not the Giants-Vikings game and it's not Monday Night Football, which we are going to, we're, 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 we're going to roll through each game here. Um, I think, do you know what? I'm just going to, I I don't like doing this, but I'm just going to say it now. Do we need to talk about the, about the Dolphins and the Bills game? Do we need to give them a few minutes? I, I'm, I'm,
2: Michael, I'm, I'm not here. even joking. I literally have written in my notes, there's no need to talk about this game. <laughs> literally, like, let's just move on a brief pass and we all know the Bills are going to batter the Dolphins.
1: Like it is, it is a thirteen-point game. We know two is out. We talked about the largest handicap in
0: playoff history, Mark apartment. The largest handicap,
1: which is unsurprising. It would have been a fantastic game had we gotten Miami. This is why Miami sneaking into the playoff was such a shame because we knew they couldn't offer anything. Um, but I suppose if we want to preview anything about the game, kind of in a positive light, like yeah, it could go on about how Miami's defense has been disappointing and how that will influence the game is. Um, Josh Allen to Diggs seemed to be back now last week against the Patriots because the Patriots is a phenomenal defense and Diggs was seven catches 104 yards and touchdown against the Patriots the three weeks previous to that he had 16 catches 123 yards so I suppose it's a tune-up game for the Bills, and I want to pay particular attention to what Diggs can do. And then behind him, surprisingly, Gabe Davis, 33, or he was 33rd overall in the league in terms of wide receiver numbers or receiving yards, which definitely surprised me. Second receiver on the team, so can they kind of move forward and become what Miami was and a more two-pronged attack? Obviously, we know Singletary in the backfield, but yeah, I'd kind of want to see what the, you know, the complete power of the Bills can be because it should be an absolute rout. And if it's not, that's going to be you know a bit of a surprise.
0: I guess the thing for me, Michaela, is there's two elements here. It's first off, last week the Patriots game. The Patriots for all of their sort of negativity this year from a lot of people, the Patriots stayed in the game for a while. They got points up against the Bills and they made life difficult for the Bills. A lot of emotion. Uh, I was talking to Jeff Reinbold earlier on today and he reckons that DeMar Hamlin could maybe come out and rile the crown up. Pate- I, I have no inclination of this whatsoever. Save it for he, a bigger
1: game. Save it for a bigger game. You don't need it for the Dolphins and if he's I've, if he's still not feeling great.
0: I think you save it for next week. But I think Michaela, it's it's disappointing for Dolphins fans who have waited a long time to get into the playoffs and Skyler Thompson's a quarterback. But then surely Mike McDaniel's going, do you know what? As Eamon Dumpy once said, you know, F it. We're up for it. Go up there and have a bit of crack. that's the way we have to go this weekend
2: Dolphins have nothing to lose that's why they have to think about it like guys no one's expecting us to beat the bills like we have nothing to lose let's just go out and have fun and if we win we win if we don't you know it's because we have a really bad bad quarterback situation like like Skyler Thompson has one TD three interceptions in the games he's played and I say it's funny like I know we obviously have to wait to see we're circling back to Brock Purdy and Brockmania and stuff all this Skyler Thompson was taken just before him I'd say you'd be absolutely bulling if you're Miami because you're like that guy was Mr Irrelevant and we just take we took Skyler Thompson a couple of picks ahead of him in round seven I'd be bulling, and um, it should be like just my luck you know kind of like of course we picked Hold on. the guy uh,
0: what did I like, get like I'm from the North here right what the hell does bulling mean like raging yeah raging yeah I've never heard of that Mark have
1: you heard of that I've never heard of that in my life genuinely yeah, it's it seems like I'm the kind of the uh, intermediary stop, stop. between the <laughs> two of us, right? In between the two sides. Well, honestly, I've, I've never heard of that,
0: Michaela. So you, you'd be but bowling in that situation.
2: Yeah, you'd be fuming because, like, you know, they have a decent quarterback who might be a star and you're stuck with a guy who's probably going to go nowhere. But the only... Um, the only bright light for the Dolphins in this game is they have to really, really utilize. Like I know their stars are even if they had to it, the stars of that team are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They're such good receivers and like to have them too. like, you just wish you had someone like Josh Allen, like no, no disrespect to it. He had a, he had a great season. I know it's horrible that he's out with concussions and stuff like that, but to, to, before he got that last concussion injury he just he fell off the wagon a bit i don't know what happened i think maybe the mvp hype got maybe too much for him i don't know he just he just kind of choked towards the end but um they have to the miami dolphins have to u- utilize the running back the running game because it it did well last weekend um it i it did well the running back did well you know what i mean like they it, you know but um that that's the only bright light I can see for them. And you know, it's gonna be really, really hard to beat a Bills game, not only because they uh they have a top three quarterback in the league in Josh Allen, they have a top five or top three wide receiver in Stefan Diggs. Obviously, he's one of the best in the business. and um, they're they're kind of you know good at every position you can think of, but it's they also have the the Mar Hamlin thing even if he doesn't come out you you know this like I don't think it's important for him to come out like I don't think even think we should be saying oh, they should be saving it for a good game like we're we're all just happy he's okay you know what I mean I think he will don't get me wrong I think the first the the fact that he uh, champion like the first the, the the you know the was, you know, like the when Demar woke up and he said, "Did we win?" You know, he's gonna be well up for going out and you know riling the crowd up for one of the games. But it's just kind of like because of the Demar Hamlin situation, they're gonna be riled up. It's just a more reason for them to go and go on a run and potentially go to the Super Bowl because like stuff like that that happens. It's just kind of it feeds into a, like a plot or a story almost. You kind of like yeah, the bills that won the super i and i don't think they're going to win the super bowl but the bills that won the super bowl in in 2022-23 season they had to deal with the struggles of you know their their, one of their players potentially dying and having a heart attack on the field. So the fact that they overcame that and they won the Super Bowl and they got him a ring and all this stuff, you know, it, it would make a great story. So I, like, I don't think the Dolphins have, they have no chance to win this game. Like we, we're, we're probably after even wasting time talking about this because we just know <laughs> the Dolphins are going to get beaten.
0: It's funny because I was literally like, I thought everyone was going to go, yeah, the Bills are going to win this game and we'll move on. But we had a good discussion out of it. Now let's, let's help ourselves.
1: We're NFL yeah. fans and we're so passionate about it. Honestly, I thought we were going to do the exact same thing. And here we are. What Way to go, Michaela, getting a proper preview going there.
0: <laughs> Michaela, I, I have to say, I do agree, the whole storyline, a bit like Julian Edelman, it'll be a hell of a story. Play, you know, it's exactly. it's awesome to see tomorrow Hamlin get home. Please God and, and continue health to Tamar and, and his family. And um, Game of the Weekend for me is... Obviously, this game on Saturday night, it's the Jags against the Chargers. It is by far the game of the weekend. It's the two young quarterbacks, Mark. It's Trevor Lawrence against, well, you could still call it. It's Justin Herbert's young. He's what, in his first year of his of his uh, of his, of, of his experience in the NFL. And this is a huge game for so many reasons. First off, how the Jaguars came from last year with Meyer to where they are now, the expectation that they have, they're not under as much pressure as far as I'm concerned than Tom Telesco, Brandon Steely, and Justin Herbert are. Justin Herbert has got a tight window. Now he's going to get paid eventually in the next one to two years' time. I think Steely's job this weekend is on the line. If they do not win in Jacksonville, I think they're in trouble. But the funny thing is, Mark, and I love the offense for both these teams. Yes, at the time of recording on Thursday night, we are still waiting to find out if Mike Williams is he going to be good to go. Is he not going to be good to go? They should never have played them in Denver last weekend. It was ridiculous moving on from that. Either of these teams, man, could make a run. Like, if the Chargers win in Jacksonville, I think they're going all the way to the FC Championship. I'm, like, I've am i picked him to win the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm going to stick by it for the crack. Um, this is going to be a beazer of a game, man. You hope it's an offensive shootout. But I, something tells me that defense for the Chargers comes up big on... on the night when the game's been played and I I think it's I think it's just, it's it's gonna be a hell of a game to watch and it better live up to expectations because if it doesn't, it may not be a super walk hard weekend at all.
1: It is a shame that we're getting this Jags team off the back of a prof- poor performance against a poor Titans team last week, but obviously the shining light was that the defense made a play when it needed to, but the Jags offense wasn't as good. You've mentioned there the story of the game is definitely going to be these two quarterbacks and in their first playoff starts, obviously, the best way to get them settled is... I suppose to scheme open and make the game easier, you know, get some quick passes going, you know, absolute layups for their receivers. And who do I trust more in that spot? It's Doug Peterson. I think when you're talking about, yeah, what happened with Urban Meyer and to where they are now, I think, yeah, Doug Peterson for any team that needs a head coach and, and potentially the chargers could need one. It does show the impact, a really solid guy, like say Sean Payton could have that, when you get to the playoffs, I give Doug Peterson a lot more, you know, faith. Obviously, we know what he did with Nick Foles. But I think with Trevor Lawrence, he's going to really manage him well in the beginning of the game. Uh, you, you'd hope that for Justin Herbert as well. But, like, the Mike Williams thing is absolutely nuts. When these teams played in week three, it was a blowout by the Jags. It was a close first half. And then they ended up going off Trevor Lawrence, three touchdown passes. I think all came in the, the third or sorry, in the second half. But they were without keen and allen i suppose it is the story yeah, they had a charges this year that they weren't able to get a lot of their pieces on the field at the same time and we say that for a lot of teams but in particular for them it was a lot of the skill guys so if they are missing someone look it's you know it's their own fault um why they left the starters out there for so long was nuts they didn't need to put one starter out there they could have done what the giants did but one thing that i kind of i'm i'm gonna put this out now uh it should have been out Today, I didn't just get it designed, but I've basically gone through the margin of victory and the margin of losses for each team. I think I've thrown up some really interesting stats because out of all the teams in the playoffs, Jacksonville has blown out or when they win, they're more likely to blow a team out than everyone but the 49ers and Cowboys. They are winning by more points than even the Buffalo Bills are doing, whereas the Chargers aren't. The Chargers are like just above the vikings and the giants in terms of they're not having convincing wins and that's why throughout the year i've been so disappointed because they were my super bowl pick from the beginning of the year and i just i haven't seen it they haven't been very potent and then when you're going in, look, it's going to be a savage atmosphere now in Jacksonville. Obviously, that plays in to Jacksonville. No doubt. And that's great for them because, they, you know, they weren't able to put bums on seats for a number of years. But I, I'm favouring, I know that the Chargers are favourites. It's a two and a half point game. It's going to be very exciting. I'm favouring the Jags. I think that the way that their offense can play and if they play at that level, and I do give Doug Peterson the benefit of the doubt that he can get them there. I think they're actually the more, you know, Solid thing that you can invest in. Essentially, I'm not talking about gambling. I'm talking about emotions.
0: <laughs> Gamble aware, darling, Michaela. Um, if you had to choose between Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, who, who would you ever have as your quarterback?
2: Justin Herbert. I know Trevor Lawrence is going to be like a generational talent, but like the fact that Herbert could do it in his first year and kind and win that um, most ro- rookie touchdown record that. That, bait, that like t- I know Baker Mayfield I know I love Baker Mayfield, but it took years. Like before Baker Mayfield, it was Peyton Manning, and then Russell Wilson matched Peyton Manning's record, and then Baker Mayfield broke it. So you know, for for Herbert to be in that conversation, and he has the most rookie touchdowns, um, in a season from a rookie quarterback, and he's surpassed Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. You know, I I would go with Herbert. Um, it, it would be a hard toss up in a few years' time. You might say, mm, no, should have went well Lawrence because obviously you know everyone thinks it's going to be this generational talent but about the game it is I agree with you Michael it's definitely the game of the week just because it's it's so close in the terms of in the you know in the terms of you think about it the Chargers only have one more win than the Jaguars Jags were nine and eight and the Chargers were ten and seven now and I agree with Mark saying as well that experience really does matter in these situations like I know Lawrence and Herbert, this is their first time ever being in the playoffs. but what head coach would you want? Would you want a Super Bowl winning head coach or would you want a head coach that, you know, has only been there a couple of years, his first time in the playoffs? You go with Doug Peterson, and even though they only have one game between them, Doug Peterson is being hailed as, you know, kind of like he did it. He, He kind of fixed the Jags and he's in with a show for coach of the year and Brandon is on the hot seat and there's literally only a game between them um it's going to be a game within a game between Herbert and Lawrence. And I think like I completely forgot that they played each other because it was obviously so far back, it was in September. But the Jaguars destroyed the Chargers. What score was a 38 to 10 in September? Um, Herbert, he had no he, he had 297 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But Lawrence played one of his best games, three touchdowns he got. So you you know, like it's it is a difficult one, like it's it's gonna be so so close. And I wonder if Herbert is just gonna, you know, turn on, just show everything everyone, why we all love them and stuff like that. But I really I I can't I can't get past the how underwhelming the Chargers were this year. I know they had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Like maybe they were just unlucky. But the fact that they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. And even last week they bet I know like they they lost to the Broncos, but they were still playing Herbert. You still should have probably bet them like they're one of the worst teams in the league. So you know I think the it's it's going to be close, but I'm I'm agreeing with Mark. It's gonna it's it's the Jags for me just because of, of Doug Peterson.
0: Oh, and uh, Herbert had a rib injury for the first game, which is in, which is interesting as well because Herbert's records this season is just phenomenal. I I I'm, I'll give away my picks at the end. I think he's a mod picking the Jags. Anyway, look, it's grand. I think it's I am as
1: well, to be perfectly honest, but I just, when you break the game down, I think that's it. Like it is the one super exciting where I think we'll probably do the joints game next or whatever, but like this is genuinely exciting because I guess we're fans. Everyone's a fan of these teams because like, you know, they deserve to be here.
0: Well, let's, let's jump on that giant scheme because I don't think, I don't think we'll spend too long on a ravens Bengals scheme. No offense to the Baltimore Ravens um, who rightly should not be playing Lamar Jackson. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. um, I I hear, I've heard all week on numerous different podcasts and and on the online discourse, Mark, that the Vikings aren't for real and that the Giants are going to give them a really, really close game. I I really look forward to seeing that. The Vikings haven't haven't really had much to play for uh, in recent weeks. You know, I mean, like, obviously they're playing for seeding, but when did they have the NFC North wrapped up? Was it it before or after Christmas? You know, like, I, I just don't see how... This look, this is the 13-4 football team. Yes, they messed up big time against the Colts. They came back and they won the game in dramatic fashion. They're gonna be ready for it at home on Sunday. Now, Jeff Reinbull was telling me earlier on that he reckons that this is the game of the weekend. I I genuinely want to think this game will be over by the third quarter. I think the Giants have done a massive Really, really impressive job. And Giants fans should be proud of how far they've got. The fact that they're a 9-7-1 football team. And the fact that Saquon Barkley's managed to come back from his injury. The fact that Wink Martindale tricked teams for 10 weeks into his defense. The fact that Daniel Jones could prove people wrong. He is still playing for his career this weekend. Because nothing's been finalized. So there's so many things on this game. I just think for me, Mark, I think the Vikings will be too much for them. I think Dalvin Cook will run, run amok. I I just don't see how... And I know this whole conversation, the last time they played each other, it came down to a last-minute field goal, 27-24. It's playoff football, baby. Nobody cares about that come Sunday. Maybe I'm being too harsh.
1: I think people care because what that game showed is that both these teams don't have a defense. Like, what, Daniel Jones at 334 yards... 445 yards total offence for the Giants. Something similar for the Vikings. Jefferson went off 133 yards. Hawkinson, the tight end of all people, under nine yards. I think Dalvin Cook was actually kept to 64 yards. And why you bring that up is... The defenses have been poor. I mean, the Vikings have given up the second uh, most yards in the league. Um, and it was a Patrick Peterson interception, though, that, you know, won it for the Vikings. Otherwise, they could have lost that game. So I think what makes it exciting is that the defenses are so poor that the offenses could go off, essentially. Why I'm kind of favoring the Vikings is like, I talked a few weeks ago about, oh, look, they're after balancing out, say, Colin Barkley's usage in New York. You know, we said that, that they were way, way, way over reliant and they needed to get it under wraps. But then I looked into the numbers. They're 2-4-1 and one the last few weeks since they limited his usage a bit more. So it's like, I think they actually do have to go back to Saquon Barkley. I think it's going to be, have to be that you really rely on Saquon, burn the clock a lot, and then force Kirk Cousins to throw, because we know how underwhelming he's been. You're going to have to force him to go to Justin Jefferson again and again and again. Maybe that's just me. That's how I see the game going. So I don't know if it's going to be exciting in that sense like you know maybe it'll be a quick game i don't know considering that there's dalvin cook there as well but i'll refer back to the stats that i have going out over the next couple of days in terms of those winning and loss margins the vikings are dead last in both in terms of when they won they won by fewer points than any team in the playoffs now probably one of the fewer points by anyone in the league but when they lost they lost heavily. I mean, the Vikings this year had losses of 17 points, 37 points, 11 points, 24 points. That is an average of 22 points a game when they lost. That is insane. So it's like that gives the Giants hope that when the Vikings get into a hole, they can't dig themselves out of it. If it's going to be a close game and then the Giants start to get rolling, the Vikings don't really have an answer when they're playing from behind. In fact, they're only convincing wins, the Vikings this year. They book their season. With the 16 point against the uh Vikings, or sorry, the Packers in week one then they obviously did it last week, that I just I haven't been convinced at all by Minnesota this year. And when you start like, you know, it's 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 all going to come down to how Justin Jefferson really plays. And they're basically they need the game to go in the exact same way, picking all as it did in whatever that was, week fifteen. Whereas the Giants might be able to go back to what they did in the beginning of the season and go to Saquon Barkley a lot more. And maybe that's what they hope to do during the playoffs because Saquon Barkley is going to have to be franchise tag if they want him back there next year. It seems they didn't get that deal done. So, a lot up in the air.
0: Who, who stands out for you in this game? Because a lot, a lot, like there's a lot of people that really are down on this Vikings team saying they're frauds, but then there's a lot of people that are very high in the Giants. So, it's it's just a weird... It's just a weird game this weekend, where obviously you, you have to have a winner, but there's going to be so much fallout, I think, because of it. Because I think a lot of people will turn against the Giants if they lose this weekend. Whereas you got a lot of people, I think, they, a lot of people that think they can make a run. We've seen Kirk Cousins with chains on in 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 in, planes in October as if he won the Super Bowl. So it's just a really really interesting come up because this NFC is there for the taking in the sense of anyone can get to the championship game if they avoid the Eagles. Mm. tactically Mm.
2: I know Mark was saying that um you know Kirk Cousins will have to rely on Justin Jefferson but that KJ Osborne fellow is pretty good every time I watch the Vikings like he's pretty decent like they they have a good number two in there but I'm one of those people that I know at the beginning of the season when the Vikings were playing so well you know they went in that really long run of not losing games I think they deserved the credit for their record, for the way they were playing, you know, they surprised everyone, but I'm now on the side and I now understand the people who were saying they were frauds um, because, you know, you look at, I know they're, they're kings at the NFC North. Okay. But well think about the NFC's North, a surprisingly bad Packers team. That's probably seen the last of either Aaron Rodgers or Lafleur. They have a rebuilding Lions and they have the Chicago Bears who have the worst record in the league that is not a division to scream about winning, especially if the opponent that should be really close to you, i.e. the Packers have been so, so bad this year and they play all them teams twice. You know what I mean? So like, that's easily like, they could easily win all them games, but, you look at the record, I think their worst game was probably when they were annihilated by the Cowboys 40 to 3. And then they lost the second game they played to the Lions. And they had to beat the Colts in overtime, which, you know, the Colts are just so, so bad. And then they lost to the Packers as well. And then you look back to the Giants game, they only bet the Giants by three points. I don't think people should look at this game and automatically think it's the Vikings that are going to win because I'm actually going to go with Giants. I think you know, the giant, I, I I don't believe this kind of, I have someone said to me, literally someone who I talk about football with said to me, Kirk Cousins for MVP. And I was like, are you literally winding me up like, seriously. And he was 13 like, to 4 no.
0: football team, huh? I mean, you know.
2: And he was like, no, no, like, look at his stats. And I actually did, in fairness, look at my stats today. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't know he we was playing that well, but not enough for an MVP. But kind of my kind of perception of Kirk Cousins is that he plays two thirds of their games as in I don't mean in the games I mean two-thirds of the whole games they play over the season he plays them decently or really good and then he plays the rest of them the other third really badly and throwing like two or three interceptions that's the way I see him I like he's an above average quarterback and I think any team that are struggling at the quarterback position would be lucky to have him I think he'd be able to stabilize them but I just, I don't see, I, I really don't, I think the Vikings are going to be found out now in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Even if they beat the Giants, they're going to be found out in the divisional round with whoever they play. I don't think, I think they'll probably be gone in the divisional round. But, the, and speaking of the Giants, then the Giants need to utilize Saquon, like Mark was saying, he obviously brought up, that, that that's, that's really interesting because we all said the same thing. They need to relax on Saquon, especially because He's, pr- he's proven over, he's shown over the last few years that he's a bit injury prone and you don't want him to be getting injured every season. So, but it's funny to see that stat now to show that like, oh, what they were like two and four since they since they kind of relaxed on him a bit. But, they need, he's their star, you know, like he was, he, not that the draft matters anymore, but he was taken second overall. That's really, really high for a running back. A running backs are usually taken in the second round, but he is their star and he's proven this season, you know, he, he's healthy, he's, he's um effective when they use him, so they need to use him against the vikings and then you know they can throw in some tr- pass plays with jones because jones has shown i know i'm not really high on jones either but he's shown he can make the passes and he can score tds when he needs to but i'm going with the Giants though and i don't believe in the vikings
0: fair enough can i make an executive decision and thank you very much for that analysis Can I make an executive decision to potentially just bypass this next game? I am not giving the Ravens a hope in hell. Um, If anybody wants to jump in and say something, please do. I I don't want to offend any Ravens fans. I think the Bengals are going to go far, Mm. at least next week. (laughs) This is a bye week for the Bengals, and by God, (laughs) it's just it's funny because the Chiefs. uh, God forgive, God forbid me to say. I don't mean this in any negative way whatsoever. The Bills were if the Bills had beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, the Bills would have been number one seed in the playoffs. They will have had a bye week. I need to watch what I say here. The Chiefs are off this week. The Bengals are technically off this week. The Bills aren't. But well, the Bills sort of, ah, oh, yeah, I guess they are. They, they, they've, they've got the Dolphins. I mean, like, I mean, are are we in agreement here that you're really the, going to annoy the, the Ravens fans with that? I think like you know, I think there's uh, For if any Ravens fans that are annoyed, we're gonna be talking about them a lot in the offseason because Lamar Jackson it may not be there, and I think there's gonna be an awful lot to talk about, but I just don't see how. I just don't see how they're going to win this weekend. If anybody wants to jump in and tell me otherwise, I think I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a borough mix and master class more. But Michaela, go. For
2: it. I think Loki Lamar Jackson's a bit injury prone. I feel like the, did this happen last year around the same time. I feel like he's always just out for a little while. And, and just he's coming kind of... into the
0: whole contract thing as well, Mikela. So it's it's like he always it's just it's, it's, <laughs> him. I don't step foot in that field again until I have a contract. Why would I step foot in that field if I'm not getting paid?
2: Exactly. And, you know, he. there's also other teams that need a quarterback. You know, he can go somewhere else if he wants to. like, And, you know, the Ravens don't really go that far in the playoffs with him. So I'd kind of be looking at my options if I was him. But I think I saw someone, I think it was Dobb climbing on Twitter or someone else, they were saying that obviously Lamar Jackson isn't playing. Their, their backup quarterbacks aren't good enough. So the, you know, the Ravens are going to have to focus on defense. And I think they were saying, especially with their new the, well, not their new, the, the linebacker, Roquan Smith, he's obviously gotten his, what was a $100 million deal. I think he's now like the highest linebacker ever in the NFL. He is one to want to bring his A game to this game if they want to keep going in the playoffs. And I think someone said they're going to have to focus on hitting the quarterback, and they're going to be wanting to put pressure on um, Burrow. It's the only way they're going to be this team. Because you have to remember, the reason that the Bengals lost the Super Bowl last year is because the o-line was so bad and burrow got sacked 70 times no they definitely did a big improvement this year it's not as much it's not as talked about as much and it's not as noticeable but he's still the sixth most sacked quarterback in the league i think what how many sacks has that guy got i think he has taken 41 sacks this season. And they've
0: improved the offensive line as well. And that's still happening, which is funny. Yeah, like, Yeah,
2: the, like the sixth most sacked quarterback, he, he's been sacked 41 times. But if you look at last season when he was sacked the 70 times, the second most sacked quarterback was only sacked 48. So he's nearly at that, you know, he's nearly at the 48 number that was second last year. So it's obviously, it's obviously not like The Eagles O-line or, you know, one of those really good teams where it's kind of like the quarterback never gets sacked. So the Ravens would want to realize that and kind of like they probably do. They know if they put pressure on Burrow and they get around the offensive line, especially Roquan Smith and their other good defensive players. It's gonna no. I don't. No, don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow does not panic. He does not panic. He is... they call him Joey Ice for is it Joe? No, that's Matty Ice. What did they call Joe Burrow? They call him Cool or Ice or still whatever. I call him
0: Joey Ice. Hold on, Mark.
1: What is the nickname? Right I why we
2: always got the mark for. Yeah, I, I
1: thought it was, I thought it was Joe Cool that they were calling. It's him, Joe Cool.
2: Think... He's right. Yeah, it's Joe Cool. But
1: Burr.
2: he does. Yeah, he he doesn't get under pressure a lot. But if they get around the O line and they, they need him to make the quick throws, it's kind of going to limit him limit him in kind of making, if he has time, he's going to be able to make those big chunk plays, you know, Jamar Chase and kind of that go for like 40 or 50 yards, where if the Ravens be like, okay, this is our game plan, we're going to, you know, be, we can blitzing, kind of trying to get around the offensive line, make him throw kind of the short, more medium throws, then they're taking out one of his biggest kind of, advantages which is you know the long throws to jamar and his other receivers so that's the only way they're going to win but it's still going to be the bengals no no chance in hell for the ravens
0: the, <laughs> Anyone
1: add more? the, the ravens past defense has not been great this year so when you're going up against they did the run defense has been fantastic but when uh, you're allowed to pick your poison as a bengals um team they just i mean john Mixon might have to do too much in this game but you know with a healthy bengals offense. It's fantastic for them. One thing I will say, you know, we're clutching at straws, kind of like, oh, what angle we take now? You know, no one's really giving them a chance without Lamar, but I was thinking in addition to that is AFC North teams in the playoffs bring a massive level of intensity. I was thinking back today about that Cedars-Bengals game back in 2016, you know, Vontaze Perfect with the hit on um Antonio Brown you know there was a lot of controversy around that at the time and then you know how the Ravens have been getting under the Titan skin over the last few years so we saw that bit of chippiness entering the game last week I mean it is weird that these teams played in week 18 but look I said it's weird that all these teams have already played but there was that chippiness entering the game last week the Bengals still made easy work of it but I don't know maybe the Ravens are able to get under their skin and you know I I don't believe that narrative, but it was something that I was thinking. uh at least it'll it'll bring an intensity to the game on Sunday, and that we're, Let- actually we're lucky because that's the Sunday night football game, and I think we'll be able to get to bed early.
0: <laughs> I think we should do what we did last Sunday. and We should pop on a pod on Sunday and chat through Saturday games as well. And um, it's funny actually very very good it's very very good timing and um, lamar jackson has just tweeted saying thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries i just want to give you all an update as i am in a recovery process i've suffered a pcl grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain. three there is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable i'm still in good spirits as i continue with treatments on the road of recovery i wish i could be out there with my guys more than anything but i can't give up 100 of myself to guys and fans i'm still hopeful we have a chance he ain't playing to the Ravens again, lads. He's got good, gone. Noise,
1: yeah. good, good night,
0: God bless. Keeper lit. Talking about keeping her lit, let's get this last game going and let's get out of here. Wow, what a game this is. This could be well, it's gonna potentially be. Um, could be Tom Brady's last game in Tampa Bay before he goes to Miami. Uh Doc Prescott. Oh, you said, Mike... the <laughs> you well, said the Raiders. You <laughs> said the
2: Raiders. Th- I think
0: I think I I think it'll be the Raiders. Yes, Michaela. Hmm. I th- he's gone. He's not. He's not gonna be Oh, he's done. It. Yeah. Um, could be the Jets. Could be the Raiders. Could could be the, could it could be the Dolphins. Um, I think that the big thing here is for for the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. I think you have to ask serious questions of Dak Prescott and his performance going into this game. He played fewer games than Davis and Mills, and he's the same amount of interceptions. Um. But not just that. There, it's a long-term strategy for this Cowboys team. Jerry Jones, Marcus saying that Mike McCarthy will not be sacked regardless of what happens this weekend. That's complete bull. He's out if they lose on Monday night. But what a game on Monday night! This Bucks defense going up against this Cowboys offense, the run game, Tom Brady, all in the line Monday night. Buck Aikman. This is a great game. I'm really really excited for it, and I'm going to say it now: the Dallas Cowboys are going to knock. Tom Brady out of the playoffs on Monday night football and we're all gonna be going mad on Tuesday morning. I I I i do dunno what it is. I've got the Cowboys winning this week and I've got the Eagles destroying them next week. I just needed an Eagles Cowboys game.
1: Yeah, look, I mean I think it'd be mad if the Cowboys lost this game. Like I think they they have to they're not playing. I suppose, yeah. What happened last week was definitely worrying against the commanders that all of a sudden they weren't able to put That command, they should have blown them out of the water, Uh, but it's not true to their form entirely. You know, it's not like they were playing too poorly before that. But I do want to see them getting back to a very potent offense so that that becomes a massive game in a week's time against if it's the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't even know how that works out as the seeding goes. I don't think we can get that. But (sighs) (sighs) the Dak interceptions are crazy seven or in the last seven games, he's thrown at least one interception each time. Three of those have been returned for a touchdown. So we know that the problem is Dak, but like nothing from Tampa Bay on defense or offense has shown me that they can go toe to toe with Dallas. So this is a great test for Dallas. I think they need it. Like it is the fan, it'll have the fanfare around the game that it requires versus, you know, them playing, you know, wealth to joint, whatever. But I think that they need this. I have a friend who's a Cowboys fan, and, you know, there is all this massive excitement, Tom Brady coming into town, but like, this isn't the 2021 books. This isn't the 2020 books. They have to make easy work of this in their own building, or this is a disaster of a season, straight up. Kellen Moore is getting interviewed for um, head coaching jobs again. You know, I don't know if they, (laughs) I don't know if he's worth a head coaching position because they are inconsistent. It hasn't been each and every week. But if they can't go on against it this week, we know that Tom Brady is the master of the comebacks. And like I hate leaning into a narrative as silly as that they're able to turn it on, but they are. Mike Evans, obviously, we want to see can he reproduce or reproduce his form that he's shown of late in that connection? And then can like but it's just mad to think that this Tampa Bay offense is suddenly going to unlock the whole thing. Like they need it all to be firing all, all cylinders. Um on Monday I'll have a stat up about the run game like the run game has been non-existent all year so they need that to be back they need mike evans to be back they need chris godwin and him to go off they need tristan worse and all on the offensive line to protect tom brady because the dallas defense even though it hasn't been as good in recent weeks is they they still are you know top five i suppose unit as far as i'm concerned in the nfl so they need so much to break in their way that I think we're kidding ourselves because we've been telling ourselves all week, all year, we're one week away from Tampa Bay clicking. We're one week away from Tampa Bay clicking, but against the Dallas Cowboys who were number one in power rankings for a few weeks, who, you know, were definitely seen as a genuine threat when the books were down the domes fighting for the NFC South, I suppose they're the most temperamental team. It seems the Dallas Cowboys and what version are we going to get from them on Monday night?
0: what you what's your thoughts on this big, big game of Monday night?
2: If the Cowboys beat the Bucs, and yes, I'm going with the Bucs to win. If the Cowboys beat the Bucs, it will be not because of Dak Prescott. It will be in spite of him. That guy is on a $160 million contract over four years, and he has the most interceptions in the league ahead of, Mills for Houston Texans, who is not going to be a starting quarterback next season, or for maybe never again in his career in the NFL. That I've said this before. Dak is not going to bring glory to the Cowboys. I think he's now. I don't. I don't think anyone's rating him really high, but he's just too inconsistent for me. He's injury prone at this stage he had the ankle was at the ankle last season then he had this season he was injured for a few games like I know that's not really his fault but like it's facts are facts the guy seems injury prone it's not Stop it, Michael showed me a funny tweet. Um, Dude,
0: putting the Jamal Williams kamikaze up for the crack. Sorry, McKillian. You're, you're, you're very right in Doc Prescott. obviously say. Very right.
2: Yeah, he's too inconsistent for me. He can't... No one should be overlooking that he's leading the league in interceptions. You know, they, they lost to the commanders last week. And I think when I said they're going to win again, uh, that the commanders were going to beat them, I think you two were kind of looking at me like, what is she on? She's just saying this for the absolute banter. Like, she's saying this to be dramatic. But, like, I was... A little bit but I was right <laughs> you know what I mean I like the, the Cowboys are lucky that they got you know they got two great great running backs they have like a, a defensive player of the year candidate now probably for the next 10 years and Michael Parsons it's just in the three times at the playoffs that the Cowboys have been in the playoffs with Dak they've only gone to the divisional round and the last time that they've gone past the, the divisional round was in 1995 when they won the Super Bowl Dak Prescott isn't leading them the glory I don't know just I I he's too like I said he's too inconsistent he's gonna do like an Aaron Rodgers where they just go to the playoffs and choke every year I don't like He's he's not for me, to to be honest. Like and I, like I hate. I always kind of bring this up, but he literally just infuriates me because I'm like, he should not be a quarterback at the Cowboys for su- for such an iconic franchise. Like, not that I should like the Cowboys. I should hate them. I'm an Eagles fan, but, but I just wish they had someone like just. Not I don't wish they had someone, but like if they had someone like Justin Herbert or something like that or Joe Burrow, they'd be suit. They'd be super well champions. They'd be better than the Eagles they sucking diesel, Mikael. Exactly. So it's Dak that Prescott that's holding the back at the end of the day. I don't think they should keep him. But yeah, I think the Bucks are going to win just just because I think Dak and the Cowboys are going to choke.
0: Let's uh, let's round this off by going for our pick, sense. So first off, Seahawks, Niners. I'm taking the Niners by Country Mile. Marcus, who have you got? 49ers.
1: Mikael, Niners,
0: Niners, Niners, Niners. Niners, yeah, Niners. Right. Chargers, Jags. I'm taking the Chargers. you both taking the Jags.
1: Interesting. You're just being stubborn. I'm not being stubborn. They're, they're, no, great game. great game. Very difficult. To I pick.
2: said you're like I said the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl to start of the season. I'm sticking by it.
0: <laughs> I have, I have the Chargers over the Rams, which is definitely going well. And um, are we all picking the Bills? Yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Neil. Okay. Take it yeah. out that one. <laughs> <laughs> Skip that. One. Uh, I'll take the no, Vikings the,
1: over the, Vikings. the I think that's. I think that is the most interesting pick of them all for me. Um, I am going to to and fro. My official pick, I guess, will release in the picks graphic because I can convince myself on either of them. I think I will go with the Vikings because that's what I've been telling myself for weeks. But you know, I I don't. I don't have any faith in either team. Really. Yeah, I'll go Vikings.
0: I'm going Giants. Don't know why I done that. Ravens, bangles, we're all going bangles, yeah. I yeah. mean now that the Mars heard that we
1: were recording and thought, okay, I'll let <laughs> everyone
0: know. And then finally, you're both going bucks,
1: yeah? Oh no, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> what are you joking? <laughs> I'm 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 going Dak Prescott four touchdowns. I'm taking the piss.
0: Dak Prescott two touchdowns, one interception, two hundred eighty yards. Tony Pollard one hundred and thirty-five yards rushing, two rush touchdowns. Bye bye Brady Brady bye bye. Um, so two cowboys, one bucks. Interesting. Yeah. So we're 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 a wee bit split. That, that that's interesting. That's so on in
1: the three games that are two and a half point spreads, we are split on, and then the other ones we're just taking the the smart. Pick. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Um.
0: Let's see if we're back during the weekend. I'll, I'll happily jump on a Sunday pod and see the crack after the Niners Jags games. Uh, especially if they're good games, I'll definitely jump on. Check out your inbox, folks, for that. Uh, we're on social media at NFL Ireland everywhere. We'll be in Arizona in three weeks month, time. I guess. Ish. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, because we go there before the game is in a month, right? So... The game is a month today, which is sad because that means it's all over. But we go all over again for all the games and. Uh, yeah just just follow us uh, you can follow us all on our socials as well and i will see you soon mark michaela thank you so much for for joining us and folks everyone enjoy super wildcard weekend take care